Devin here from Mozilla Companies, and welcome to our podcast. If you're new, welcome. We are so happy to have you with us. If you're returning, welcome back. We really do appreciate the continued support. In this episode, Mike Close and I sit down with Tom Horner and Brian Holmgren, both rigging inspection managers for Mozilla Lifting Technologies. The four of us spend time talking about a pretty huge issue with safety in the lifting and rigging world, and that's whether or not inspection tags for rigging equipment are actually putting your workers at a greater risk of incident. This podcast starts with Brian and Tom taking us through the key problems they've seen firsthand with an inspection tag program. Take me through what what's the problem? Like what's going on? Anytime a customer asks for a tag or marking or anything like that representing an item's been inspected, there's misrepresentation uh, that the tag or marking represents an item is good for a certain period of time. So you know an item is good or it has been inspected because they will have inspected it every shift. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you would also know that it has been inspected because it's on our inspection report, which is provided every year. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Uh, visual indicators such as an inspection tag or marking is not required by OSHA or ASME. Um, there is no standard out there that calls for it. Um, the annual report is all that's required mm-hmm. or the periodic report. Uh, the tag itself may interfere with proper rigging of any item. It may catch on items. So what I'm hearing is there are people that want you to add an additional tag to say, I came and I inspected the sling. But there is no current standard or guideline or law saying that you do have to do that. Correct. You just have to have that documentation saying that annually you've done the inspection. Correct. Correct. So then it's a it's a safety liability. Like if you put an extra tag on a sling that doesn't need to be there, it could be an extra issue? It absolutely can be. Okay. And, and here's an example of that. Let's say a guy is 30 feet in the air. Mm-hmm. He's got a few slings on him, and he's hanging in his man basket, and he's trying to take his sling and weave it through a small hole so that he can wrap a rock and choke it. If he throws an identifier in it, which might be a zip tie, a barrel tag, mm-hmm. it could catch. So here is a guy already in a dangerous situation, and you may just have increase the opportunity for something bad to happen because you did this. Okay. Also getting back to his first statement, um, when you when you talk about putting the identifier on there and somebody thinks, okay, well, this is on my sling, it's good. You will always have that person regardless of the culture or the work instructions in your facility. You will always have that person that misunderstands because mm-hmm. we see it all the time. When we're in doing the inspections, people will come up to us, oh, I know these are good because it has this. And that's the individual. Then when you challenge the person who's in charge of the program, they often say, no, that's just a misunderstanding. Well, thank you for calling out the very thing that we're saying. Okay. It's a misunderstanding. And that is extremely, extremely dangerous because what that person is doing is they're then neglecting their responsibility to inspect the item pre-shift or even after its use. So they're saying, we want you to put more tags and identifiers so we can see that you've inspected it. But you're saying, okay, that's great, but if we do this, and if you don't inspect it, like this isn't a guarantee that this thing is safe. This, at, at one time, because it, is it dated or marked or? It, yeah, it could be whatever they want to purchase. Okay. It could be a simple, just colored zip tie. It could be a, a paint. Mm-hmm. We could paint a master link. They could use a barrel tag, which can be dated, serialized with a generic number, which again means nothing. Mm -hmm. 
what the customer is often trying to get to is they want to be able to walk through their facility and just see that an inspection is performed. And that's by color, that's by tag, or they want to walk up to it and see inspected 2018. Right. Okay. None of that's required and it gives us false representation. Mm -hmm. The only thing that's required is your annual periodic report. So you always have to, well, how do I know? Well, you know because here's your report. And if they're saying, well, how do I know it's good? Well, this means nothing. Right. The, the, the identifier or marking means nothing. What matters is you have the training in place for your operators. You have the work instruction in place for your organization. And if you think about what an annual or periodic inspection is, it's only a verification that all of that is taking place. Right. Because if we come through and you have that all in place, we shouldn't find anything wrong. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, if you're using this, you will always have that person or group of people who think it means something that it doesn't. Essentially, it's just saying this was inspected at some point within the past 365 right. days. And an annual inspection, periodic inspection, is only that moment in time. Right. So if we pick up your chain sling, we look at it, and it's good, and we give it back to you, it's good for the very next lift. Right. After that lift... Right. It all starts over again. Yeah, because you've told us a couple of times now, any person who puts their hands on a sling or lifting device or anything, you got to inspect it then before you lift anything. Or you're, I mean, you're not doing your own due diligence. You really should. At the beginning of your shift is a minimum, but if you think about it, you know, you're walking through your facility as a maintenance guy and you're, oh, I got to go fix this thing, so I'm going to go grab. Yeah, you should pick that up. I mean, it because it's the beginning of your shift. Right. It's not that this guy over here has been using it for the last six hours. So you're using it for the first time. Mm -hmm. So do you think that they're they're trying to do their own job of trying to be safe by having these tags, but in actuality, it's making them sloppier because then it makes them more negligent because they just see it and Absolutely. without having it, you know, don't worry about testing that sling. It's fine. It's got a tag on it. Yeah, and I think they're trying to make it look like they have a great safety program by having this visual mm -hmm. indicator, but... Like we just right. said, it means nothing. In theory, it's a great idea. Right. In application, it's a terrible idea. Okay. Yeah, that yeah, sucks. You'd be better off going around and posting your periodic inspection report on the wall mm -hmm. than doing something like this. Right. If you walk sure. into a department, I mean, wouldn't you think if you walked into a department of a, of, a, of a location that there would be a place where all your inspection records are stored mm -hmm. for that for that building. Yeah. So here's your fire surger, here's your sling inspections, here's your crane inspections, here's your tow motor up, your tow motor inspections, here's you know your machine guard inspections, yeah. and they would be there. Or at least there's a computer with a database where everything is immediately available, if you're so concerned about that. But this, like I said, it's great an idea, terrible in, in application. Well, here's the other thing too. I mean, the materials that these tags are made out of, this is metal here, you know, this is plastic. I mean, how do these hold up in abusive environments or? That's on our Yeah, that was the very here. next topic. Yeah, right. they, they fall off and then it goes back to whether or not these internal programs, they think they need one of these tags in order to continue with production. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times they'll shut production down because they think they need this tag. Yeah. And then that either if they're handling it internally, then they'll handle it. If they're not, then they're calling salesmen to see if they'll come out and put a tag on it. Sure. Right. And that gets into the whole discussion of, okay, this is, Mr. Customer, this is your internal program. 
when we come to do your annual period or periodic inspection you've hired us to perform only a certain task of your internal program so during that time slot that we're there where we'll do this for you mm -hmm. we'll We'll, we'll do our best to inform you ahead of time of, of what you're getting into, but we'll mm -hmm. absolutely do this for you. When we're done, our hands are washed of that situation. And this is a great point that Brian just brought up is after what happens three months from now when this zip tie was falling off mm -hmm. or somebody just says, mm, it's kind of hot out tonight and I don't really feel like working. So what happens if a bunch of these just go missing? Mm -hmm. Oh, damn. Yeah. Um, then you're right, you're talking about this one. This barrel tag is a piece of GAC wire. Mm. You cannot put these on synthetic slings because now you've increased the opportunity to cut. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you've created, well, geez, let's put a zip tie on my synthetics. Let's put this on my wire ropes, my bridles, and my chain slings. So now you're operating, you're trying to, you know, administer a program that has multiple identifiers. Yeah. Sure. We even have a place that uses, I think, three. They use paint, they use barrel tags, and they use a plastic tag. Mm -hmm. They use three different modes. And then if you don't, when you're talking marking, if you don't paint the item like Rembrandt, they're coming back saying, hey, last quarter was, was white and you painted it orange this time. We can see a little bit of, we can see a little bit of white. Mm -hmm. Or maybe the orange is chipped off. And now you've got paint falling into machines. Now you've got barrel tags coming off and falling into machines. Mm -hmm. Zip ties, can't use them in high temp applications. Sure. So again, if you're, if you're just thinking about application, it, there's just no win. Also with their internal program, like that just talks about we've put all the markings or identifiers on your slings. What happens six months? from now when somebody places an order for another 30 slings mm -hmm. or a bunch of chain slings yeah. or just a bunch of everything. Everything comes in without your identifiers. Now you've got your facility that has a number of items with all of your identifiers and a number of them that don't. Right. And because there's a misunderstanding now they're like, well, it doesn't have its identifier. It hasn't had its annual inspection. We can't use it. We can't share it all. Then they're calling and saying, hey, Mr. Salesman, we just bought these from you. Why didn't you do this? Again, we're yeah. not responsible. You haven't hired us to manage your internal program. So you do you actually get calls from companies asking you to come back out and tag slings and Absolutely. Them and you, Absolutely. And, so that doesn't mean, you know, we're not going to come out and do it. That doesn't mean it. Right. If, if you want to pay us to come, you know, hire us again, and respectfully, if you want to hire us again to come do another inspection, we'll come do another complete inspection. Mm -hmm. Or we'll do an inspection of the items you give us. And if they're brand new, that's how we have to treat it. <laughs> right. We, you, know what I, you know what I mean? We just can't come. We just can't do that. So then if this system is so inadequate and it's got so many holes in it, I mean, devices falling in machines, you know, different hazardous working environments, you know, render these things obsolete. Why are they out there? Why are people thinking that this is this is the way to go with their safety system? It, it's either been started on their own years ago mm -hmm. or a previous vendor just kind of did it, and which is fine. Again, you, you're going to do what, you, what you're hired to do, but they don't often they're not educated or informed 
on what they're really getting into. And that's what we're trying to create here today is some sort of a formal discussion, some sort of a formal presentation that can say, before you even consider this, think about all this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then know what you're getting into. In theory, it seems like a good practice. In theory, it seems brilliant, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah. You know, but in, again, in application, we can pick this apart one by one. And, and what we're talking about today has happened everywhere. Mm -hmm. But even if you send it back in for repair, I mean, if we were to receive a bunch of chains that were coming back from repair, those guys are going to cut that stuff off, right? right? Cut it off. Yeah, if, it's going to get heat treated it's again. Get, yeah, probably cut off. Yeah. Probably going to get torn off in our tumbler if we're cleaning your chains. Sure. Yeah. If they even come back with them on. Yeah. And they're certainly not going to leave with them on. Right. Because, again, we're not managing your program. Mm -hmm. So are you prepared to keep these in your facility? Because right. if you if you say listen do do my inspection buy a thousand give me the leftovers but then you're now creating an, another process in your organization who's going to manage that mm -hmm. who's going to put it on or are they going to put them on like you did right and if you're in an organization that says well you're just going to put them on any item well that person has to be qualified or competent to inspect that item mm. to make sure that it's good before they give it back to somebody. Mm. So have you, during an inspection, found a sling or any lifting device that's failed that has had one of these on there suggesting that it was safe to use but then wasn't? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So then just, just kind of going through the process, there's a, a concept right now that these tags make your lifting program safer, but it doesn't because it is making people more com complacent with what their lifting and rigging program is actually. Is that, would you agree yes. with that? Yeah, I mean, there's just confusion all around the board. I mean, you might have one EHS director mm -hmm. that thinks, okay, this just states that an annual inspection has been performed. But unless you educate everybody in the facility, there's always going to be a misconception of what it actually means. Okay, so then I would, I would argue that, per this discussion, these do not make your lifting program safe at all. Just because there's so much misconception and confusion about it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, so the second thing would be cost. The cost of these devices on all of your slings that you have with replacement, with maintenance, with this, the fact that a lot of these get thrown away anyway, would you think that it's a cost-efficient system to keep your company safe? Or would it be more cost-efficient to have people come in to do inspections on a regular basis or more regular basis? Or provide extra training for your people to do it themselves? You hit all three. You hit all three. I'd, sp I'd spend the money on training, mm -hmm. and then I'd spend the money on additional inspections to validate your training mm -hmm. and your processes. Because if you do the training, your your users are trained in the care and use of their slings and rigging, right? You have the process in place where it defines when you start your shift, you inspect your slings and rigging, or prior to use, if you have a large amount, inspect it prior to use, Okay. So when somebody comes in and does this annual or periodic, it's validating that all these things are working. Because mm -hmm. if, if you have these in place and you got 500 slings and we come in and fail 250, your process <laughs> and your training isn't working. It's not being enforced. Right. So, sure. so then this identifier means nothing. So then do you, is there a better system in place at all or concept-wise to do this? I mean, yeah, training and inspections and all that stuff is great, but is there... Anything a person, an end user can do to help identify their slings, whether or not they're safe, not safe. That, that's through their training. I mean, if you, if you think about it, if you're an EHS, a safety, who's ever in charge of this program, you, your best thing would be to audit your people. Mm 
-hmm. and, and not worry about an identifier. Because if, if you want to walk through your facility and know that your, your items have been inspected, walk up to your user and say, can you pick this up and inspect this for me? Nice. And let them walk you through the process because then that'll validate the training and that they're doing their process because essentially whatever they just picked up and inspected for you should be should be good. So the safety person on every job site <clears throat> just wants to walk and look and go, okay, I feel better. But the the practical, more honest thing would be to go up to your people and just say, inspect this for me. Why is this disqualified? Why is that not disqualified? And then that reading should be a better barometer than any tag could ever be, right? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And yeah, again, to, to keep it real, sorry to interrupt, to keep it real <clears throat> simple, all you ever need to do is, your, is you just need to have your documentation in place. Mm -hmm. That that's always your thing, but right, we've taken this conversation much deeper because that's what the identifiers are revealing. Yeah, the only identifier you should ever see on a sling would be a danger tag mm -hmm. to identify whether it's bad. So that's your best identifier. Mm -hmm. yeah. But as far as a good sling, you know it's good because it was picked up and inspected every shift or every lift. And that's all goes back to your documented training. Mm -hmm. You know, and again, getting getting back to the, to the to slings and rigging being you know consumable, they, they truly are. You know, some of these shackles are are you know so small. What do they cost a buck or two a piece? Your synthetic slings, if they're buying them in volume, you know, a few bucks a piece. You're gonna take how much time do you want to put into that consumable that consumable item? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then, what would you say to people that had either you know just made a huge purchase of all these sling tags? or they have a whole bunch of them already in their facility. I mean, they've already made the investment. The investment's been made. They just want that program to work. What would you say to a customer like that as far as their program and what their, you know, the route they're taking with safety? The best thing we can do is we just advise them of what they've really created. We, you know, we really can't say, listen, you need to stop doing this because of this, this, and this. Mm -hmm. It's already in place. We just made to make sure that they understand these these other issues that that are probably taking place that they might not be aware of again during the inspection we will do this for you mm -hmm. we'll remove the old identifier we'll put on the new whatever whatever you've picked and even if we're asked you know listen we really want to do this we understand your stance but we really want to do this but can you suggest you know the identifier to use we're going to use the cheapest and the simplest so just throw a zip tie on it if it gets ripped off, you're, you're only losing a few cents. Mm -hmm. um, but we would just do our best to inform and educate them that, listen, this is the can of worms that's been opened. Just make sure you're, you're aware of this. We've never seen anybody, I don't think we've ever seen anybody actually stop their program, mm -hmm. but we've done a fairly good job of being able to people, getting people to understand and actually not pursue it. Nice. Which is, you know, we've actually, we actually have had some people stop the program. We've had new EHS people come in and they've actually asked our inspectors why these tags are on their slings. Great. And they don't have a clue, so they said, leave them off. Sure. It was another EHS director that thought this was necessary. And then they come and ask us and we tell them, no, this is not a requirement. It's not recommended. Not part of our program. And they absolutely, then they want to leave it off. Cool. Yeah. And, and as a, as a um, you know, to, to, to be morally honest with our customers is, is we do have this responsibility to have this discussion. We do have this, this you know, the, the, the responsibility to say, listen, we'll, we'll do whatever you want us to do, 
but you don't need to pay us to do this. You don't need to pay for these items. Mm. You know, you don't need to spend that money. We will do our best to have that conversation with them because we owe that to them. They've come to us as the experts. We have to behave as the experts, even if it contradicts, you know, what they're trying to do. But it's, it's, it's our responsibility mm. to inform them and assist them as, as best as possible with their, their program. Where did this come from? If it's not mandated by OSHA or ASME standards, is it just somebody that had good intentions? Or, you know, like when you do a physical inventory count, you know, you put your tags Absolutely. in and each of your bin locations and say, we've counted this. It's just It might have gone with, uh, you know, how you tag fire extinguishers sure. if they've been inspected mm -hmm. or something like that. Sure. They probably crossed it in a rigging at one time. Absolutely, because, you know, you, you might mark your, your crane, you know, where they have their warning tag on their pendant or their controller. They might have thrown something on there or the fire extinguishers or your ladders with the current sticker mm. or your, your, your tow motor with the sticker and they've checked off a month or however. Absolutely, it came from yeah. somewhere there. We've got one customer that's done this in some fashion for, I've been doing the, ins I did the inspection 22 years ago mm. when I started. And they were the first to have done this and then it evolved from from their painting of a master link on a chain sling to well gee now we need to inspect everything and the painting is you know chipping off and it's looking ugly and it's confusing people yeah. um, and then they went to tagging and then they realized well we have an acid bath and these <laughs> plastic tags aren't exactly working over here yeah you know, you, you know what I mean? Because they're falling off into our bath mm -hmm. type thing. We have a customer who can't have paint on anything, but they have us use a zip tie. And because they can't have any paint falling off onto the material that they're machining. Well, I mean, you still have your, your zip tie, mm -hmm. which can still fall off and get caught in the machine or yeah. whatever. So and when we're talking, that's a you know, multi-million dollar government facility, mm -hmm. you know, and, and they have million dollar parts that you're, you know, yeah. they're working on and we're looking at all the rigging for this. And it's, it, again, it just doesn't, it just doesn't pan out. It's so, it's so risky. And like concept wise, I totally get it. I get the why yeah. I get, you know, Especially, you know, somebody was doing fire extinguishers and thinking, you know what would be awesome is if we have this system for over here. Yeah. But it just seems like there there wasn't like a good enough line of defense like, hey, man, you're not looking at this, this, and this of why it's not going to work practically. So then do you have a step-down program or a transitional program that you can offer people that have this in place to kind of help, you know, not waste all of their investment, but to wean them off of it and get them into a more conventional training style? Well, it's a reinvestment every year. Because you put these tags on one year, and then the next year you cut them off and you put a different tag. Right. So winning them off is literally just educating them and then getting them to stop this program. So your advice would be, you know, just cut your loss with the investment you've made, get rid of all of them, and let's let's do it and do it right. It's it's it won't even be a loss. It's going to be a gain because you're going to save thousands going forward. So I mean, it's a huge gain. Nice. Yeah. Right. And now. There might be an exception out there mm -hmm. for some sort of a facility. So we don't want to, you know, sound, uh, you know, as if we're arrogant here and, and we know everything about everything. What we're just trying to say is before you get into this, really think about what's happening. There might be an exception out there. There might be some good reasoning. 
but ultimately at the end of the day, as long as you've created an environment for one individual to misunderstand that something is good and they can just go grab it and pick up and move something overhead, you've, you know, you've done a detriment and you'll be able to track that backwards. Yeah. And it sucks because like even picking it apart, you know, it's, this isn't a cost effective method to keep your system safe. Mm -hmm. This doesn't necessarily at all make your system safe at all. In fact, sometimes it does quite the opposite. And then you might be saving money in the long run by ceasing application of this process because then you're not repairing and replacing all that stuff going forward. Right. So yeah, it's one of those things where it's good concept, bad execution kind of thing. Right. So right. kind of spin it the other way, what are the best practices for tagging equipment that's failed out? Is there a best practice for how to identify equipment that should not be touched, should not be used, is, needs to be looked at further? A very simple danger tag, just something okay. that says danger. And uh, when we're going through and doing the inspection, it, we, we just throw a danger tag on it and pull it to the side, which is usually always discussed upon at the pre-inspection meeting. Hey, we're coming through. You're in charge of the program. What do we do when we find something that that hasn't that's failed? Mm -hmm. We're going to danger tag it. We're going to pull it to the side. It could be as extreme as, hey, don't danger tag anything. Come see me right away so I can come out and see the application so I can figure out a solution and we'll work with them right then and there. Okay. But it's always going to be a danger tag and pulling it to the side. Mm -hmm. And it clearly says danger. Mm -hmm. Clearly says do not use. Okay. There's no questions asked. So the people that say, hey, don't just put a tag on it. Come get me first. Is that almost like a you versus them conversation about how this sling is actually qualified where you think it's not? No, it's just they want to know what they have to do to keep the operation running type thing. Okay. Uh, also, that gets into a much deeper conversation, but there's um, some sensitive work environments that you, we get into sometimes that we have to respect uh, multiple multiple points of view, I guess. Mm. So before we, you know, really pull the trigger on somewhere and say, hey, we found a, a sling, it's over here on this crane. And maybe it's a, a, a crane that's just, pick this up, put this out, pick this up, put this out all day long. Um, we want to make sure that, you know, we don't shut them down by telling them. We want to inform them and then we'll let them make the decision. So I know like whenever a, like a maintenance guy or somebody comes to my house to like repair something, they usually have a couple things in the truck just in case, you know, they can replace it on the fly. Do you typically survey a place that you're going, throw a couple extra in the truck and then just drive out there so you can replace it on the fly? Or is it always an order? It's, it's, okay. What we try to do is, especially with new customers, and Brian may probably have some info on this, is, is we will just inform a customer, hey, this is your first time through. What you have to be ready for is that you're going to feel some pain and the pain is going to be we're going to tag some things out and you're probably not going to have spares. So put yourself in a position now to make sure you have spares in place or have funds allocated for an immediate purchase order release mm. to purchase in. And that's what they'll prepare themselves for. Okay. And they'll, they'll, they'll understand, listen, we've, we'll be able to make it through this, but we just inform them as best as we can. And of course, on their end, it would be great if they had a cabinet full of their stuff so they mm -hmm. could truly have some spares, whether it's synthetics or whatnot. But if they've got a critical chain sling and say, that's my number one chain sling, you better have one or two on the wall there. <laughs> For yeah. sure. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? Because if it's that critical, what are you going to do yeah. You know, when, when one of the four legs busts off? Yeah. So... Those are the things we try to help them with, but can we survey ahead of time? No, it's just nearly impossible, especially because customers 
typically don't standardize. Mm. What they have in their facility is just a conglomeration of stuff that's been purchased over the years by many people, mm. you know, and, and you'll never, you know, we, we like them to standardize, mm -hmm. you know, do you really need that two inch wide eight footer when you could do a bunch of one inch wide eight footers? And well, the only reason I had the two inches because it was on the shelf and yeah, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. So this all goes, goes back to their training too, because if they're training their people to inspect their items, every lift, every shift, we wouldn't find anything bad when we go in anyway. Right. So, so what they're identifying is the possible fact that they don't have a safety program in place and their guys don't inspect their items every shift. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's, it's training and culture. If you could, if we were going to talk about what we really want to see from customers, it's training in the culture. Yeah, absolutely. Especially if yep. you guys are only there once a year. I mean, right. that means the whole other rest of the year, you got to hope that your team is doing what they should be doing every, mm -hmm. every lift, every shift. Right. Absolutely. And again, if, if, if any customer or anyone has a experience that would contradict what we've stated here today, I'd love to hear about it. Mm -hmm. I'd love to know because I can only speak from what we've been through and if we if we think about you know i've been doing this 20 21 years and brian's 15 years into this we only have honest negative feedback i'd like to see what's happened out there where it's worked yeah mm -hmm. and, and i think the heart of the conversation is we we want to make sure that if you're out there and you're going to grab a sling it's going to be safe for the right reasons not the wrong reasons right so yeah, and I think I think that came across from what both you guys were saying. It's not like you're just trying to bash these for the sake of bashing it. You're actually looking at them, honestly, analytically from a cost and safety standpoint. Just saying, like, look, man, from what we do versus what we're seeing, th these tags aren't the way to go. Absolutely. Yeah, for those tags to be a good idea, they would have to switch the tag out every shift. Every time they <laughs> lifted something, they would have yeah, to. Yeah. Every time they inspect it. Yeah. They can put a new tag on it. Yeah. So they'd have to do it literally three times a day, 365 days a year. That's the only way it would actually work. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's just an extra 10 seconds, you know, per lift every shift. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, that sounds efficient. Yeah. One other reason customers do go for this is they like to, or they try to implement the tag earmarking, marking, is they have, uh, they have a goal, which again is a, is, a, is a fine goal, that they want to inspect everything that they have in their facility. Mm -hmm. Number one, if you're talking most facilities, you're never going to know everything you have unless you start from zero. Unless you start from zero and have everything specifically located and documented to a specific location or rack, and it's audited on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. Because there's, the only, there's nothing that says everything shall be inspected. You, you can kind of, alloy chain slings and metal mesh are the only ones where that statement is a recent, the most recent record shall be kept on record for that. So yeah, you want to do your best to find that. You want to do your best to find everything. But all you're proving by your annual or periodic is that you've met the law and the standard. Mm -hmm. So to look at everything in a perfect world, absolutely we want to do that for you. It doesn't matter how much we look at in the time frame while we're there. The more the better. Right. You know, it's better for you. Get, mm -hmm. get, get your bang for your buck. Yeah. But you, customer, have to know everything you have. And you have to make everything available when yeah and you don't know what kind of equipment you know your guys have squirreled right. away in their lockers right. or, and, you know in, in yeah. locked boxes and our or... report and our previous reports are not inventories 
which is another misunderstanding. They're only evidence of what was provided to us during that time frame. Sure. So it's a reference, right. but it's not, not what you think it is. It's not, you, you know what I mean? So when we're coming through there, what also happens inevitably, this is why I mentioned like the new slings and the slings coming in from repaired, is when they have that goal to inspect everything, three months from now, an audit is coming up. Mm -hmm. Hey, Mr. Inspection Group, you were just here three months ago. I found a bunch of stuff you missed. <laughs> well, let's have that conversation. We didn't miss anything. If you're not providing it to us, mm -hmm. we can't inspect it. Yeah, I'm assuming they don't just let you in the door and just tell, cut you loose and tell you to go wander around and see what you can find. Well, actually, it's, it's exactly that. It's exactly that. Hey, you've been here before. You know where to go. You know what to do. Absolutely. We'll go look at, we'll go seek out everything. We'll ask the questions. Hey, you got anything stored, anything hidden? We're doing your inspection. You know, we want to make sure we get everything. Mm -hmm. But unless you know everything you have and you provide us somebody and make it all readily available, we can't inspect it. And even then, how do you know you? Have provided everything that you have because again what's locked up in a guy's job box mm -hmm. and that guy's on vacation for two weeks yeah are you sick i mean how many conversations have you walked away from then you're like i should have said this i should have said that or whatever but then you take that to the scale of inventory of your department and everybody else's department there's no way you keep all that in your brain absolutely i mean you, you think of a, of a smaller company that's got 30 slings yeah you got a pretty good chance of finding 30 slings mm -hmm. but you don't know what they've thrown away the previous year you don't know what they've purchased the previous year you just don't know. You don't know where it went. Right. So again, we, we're not responsible to manage your program. So right. if you have these goals, think about where your requirements are going to take you. Yeah. Especially as you delve into the, to the marking and whatnot. Again, we want to do everything we can while we're there. But as experts, we want to do it as efficiently and as cost-effective for, for you as possible. Yeah, because we've even been on sites where... They're seeing different lifting devices that they've been doing the inspection for 10, 15 years and they've never seen that before. Absolutely. And, you know, well, our engineers made it, so we didn't think that you had to inspect it. We're like, well, we're here to inspect your stuff. Right. No matter where it came from. Oh, absolutely. We'll get that question is, is you know, hey, I got a bunch of stuff over in the locker, but it just came in last week. Still need to look at it. You know, we still need, let, let's get it. We're here. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the, the, the gist of that, that the statement that I want to make is, you, you know, unless you know, from zero, everything you have, and then how do you manage that through the rest of your? How much are you going to spend? You know, somebody just tore up a nylon sling. Are they going to come to you so you can go back to your records so that you can remove something from your list? If you just bought thirty new ones, are you going to take <laughs> yeah. the time to add all those items to your list so that when we come in on March fifteenth, you say, "Listen, here is exactly what I have. We're going to have to find these." Well, again, we'll do whatever we'll do. We can do what we'll do whatever we can do for you during that time. Mm -hmm. But if it's not ready during that time, it's going to cost you for us to come back. Mm -hmm. Is it really necessary? Mm -hmm. Because if your people are trained and doing their own inspections, our audits is going to show everything is great and that they are doing their job. So anything that could have been not provided is fine because training culture. Just out of curiosity, real quick, just kind of end it out. Do you ever walk into a job site or facility where they're just blowing your mind with, you know, their inspection program and their training, and they're just really dialed in and knocking stuff out? Some places, 
it's 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 far too rare, mm-hmm. but we do. We walk into some places that really have a grasp on things. Because um, it's not like this is some insurmountable achievement, right? Like it is definitely possible to have a crew that is trained absolutely. to do this specific task, right? Absolutely. Okay. And, and again, we offer all the training, but it could be simple toolbox talks. And again, it, it should be if you're hiring somebody to go operate a crane and do some stuff, you should have these in place. Mm-hmm. You know, the regular training, and it is. It's very simple stuff. You know, they're not going to be certified and you don't necessarily have to put them through all that. What you have to prove is that they're competent and that's prompted by your training. Right. You know, just to say, yeah, my guys have been trained. They know how to rig. My guys have been trained. They know how to inspect it. Coming on the back end, you hire us as a third party to come in. We're just auditing that. Yeah. Just to verify that your system is Just to verify. Place works. Yeah. Your, right. And we, we do see that some places, but it's such a small percentage. Yeah, it sucks. It's such a small percentage. <laughs> it, it does. It's such a small percentage. I can't say it's it's not getting better. But I st- just the fact that today in 2018, that still we're still going to customers who are doing this for the very first time. It tells you, you know, how, how far behind I, I think we still are, um, just in the sling and rigging world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just in the sling and rigging world. Well, yeah. Hopefully, conversations like this help. Yeah. And that's all for today's podcast. I hope we were able to help provide you with a better understanding of our concerns when it comes to inspection tags for rigging gear. At Mozilla Companies, we can and do tag and color coat rigging equipment. However, we wanted to provide an inspector's perspective on this practice. If you liked what you heard, don't hesitate to share it with your friends, coworkers, and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Stitcher. You can also head over to mozillacompanies.com where we've got a ton of blog articles written and downloads available for you to grab. If you're in the video, you can also catch our content on YouTube by popping over to youtube.com slash mozillacompanies. For all of us at Mozilla Companies, I'm Devin McCartney. Thank you for listening.